0: Welcome to Volume 1, Issue 4 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. This week, in celebration of the PlayStation 3 HD double pack, we take another wander through the desolate majesty of Sony's classic PS2 pair. Has Eco still got what it takes to give us the horn? Is Shadow of the Colossus just a load of aggro? You are to listen and find out. NB, there will be spoilers. Big ones. Leon Cox, and with me this week we have the return of Tony Atkins. I'm back. He's back. Uh, We have once again Jason Taylor. How do (laughs) With his traditional (laughs) chummy northern greeting there. And also returning is contributor Josh Garrity. Hello there. Wow, listen to that. Um, Yes, I I should say uh, we didn't really make it clear last week. After the previous. Uh, issue two that I the next advertised podcast was the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood show um, that didn't happen as you all have noticed instead we had an interview with uh, James Milky. so jealous I could have been there oh. yeah sorry man we had to do it during the day um, yeah. when you were toiling hard um, but uh, yeah so that happened but the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood show will be in two issues time uh, next issue is Gears of War three, the one after that Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. So more of that later. So um, this is another we, we've we've bitten off a lot in these early shows in terms yeah. of sacred cows and you know treasured games and all this kind of thing. So um, I've got some. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna tackle Eco first, Pff, obviously as chronologically it came out first. Um, so what I'm going to do is ask each of you for your sort of initial impressions and thoughts and memories of the game the first time you came across it, starting with Jay.
1: It's it's funny that for some reason, having played through the game once before, quite a few years ago now, um, playing through this time with the the recent re-release was, somehow there was more emotion in this play. Maybe A, that I've gotten older, or or. Mm. Uh, for whatever reason, um, but it resonated far deeper with me than, than, than I previously remember it doing. Um, That's because you're a graphics whore and it looks prettier. Actually, it's nothing to do with uh, yeah, it. <laughs> not no. back then,
0: because it was, you know,
2: it was
1: nah. pretty
0: back then, surely.
1: <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was. For,
0: for its day, definitely. Hmm. Um, it started as a PS1 game, didn't it, uh, Eco. Uh, it started development in the mid to late 90s and, and hmm. was essentially sort of upscaled in its initial incarnation.
1: Yeah, I think they started, um, Ueda-san originally had the idea in 97, and then in 98, where he got together with, um, I think it's Kendo-san, who was mm-hmm. the, um, the other sort of creative mind behind it. And, and then it sort of progressed, and I, I guess at some point in that development, they decided to move it over to the PS2. Well, that's
2: what I heard, it was the emotion engine. <laughs> yeah, it was.
1: When I was reading it, it was the way they were
2: talking about it, it was, you know, we had the opportunity to work with the emotion engine, trademarked. Mm. And was yeah, basically like, oh, wow. it was a
0: better processor and better graphics. So I mean, can, could
2: yeah. you actually imagine it on, on the PlayStation 1? Really?
0: When no. it came out at the time, it didn't seem that crazy because if you remember towards the end of the PS1's life, as, as tends to happen with each console generation, people really were pushing the machines. But yes, once you, once you got hold of it.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you can see, although it looks dated with respect to physics and stuff like that now, there's some pretty good stuff there. You think back in 2001, that was quite impressive. You know, the, the, some of these sort of collapsing towers and stuff like that was some of these sort of physics-based puzzle elements as well. we just, there wasn't a lot of that stuff around at the time, if, if memory yeah. serves.
2: I I don't think it plays like an old game at all not that necessarily 10 um, is well, it's particularly old yeah there's but, a
1: few flashes of that I think but
2: yeah but then as an overall statement it doesn't feel like you know like you're you're Imagine going back to the PlayStation 1 and the first Tomb Raider mm. or something like that you, you know navigating its puzzle elements and you think of kind of very jagged edgy blocks you know, yeah. pointy boobs and you know well depths that probably shouldn't really have happened just mm. because of the geometry where Iker doesn't really jump to me, you know, like it's, you know, it feels like a completely dated, out, outdated experience, and, you know, put some HD graphics mm-hmm. on the top of it, and I think it plays just as well now than, than many other similar games have uh, been released, you know, long after its 2001
1: re- release. But the, the, sorry, the, the, the thing is with this, uh, playing through it again, I've actually found that I, I prefer eco over Shadow, and which... You know, up until this recent sort of re-release of me sitting, actually, more to do with me actually just sitting down and playing it again after so many years. I actually found Eco to be the, the the sort of the more rewarding experience in terms of the gameplay and 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 for the story side of it as well. I think there's something there's there's something quite warm about their story as opposed to sort of Colossus being quite desolate at times and
0: josh uh, you you must have been a pretty young fella when eco uh, first came out
3: um yeah i in fact so young that i didn't play it when it first came out okay um, right. uh, i didn't play it until like uh, 2008 so i right. played shadow of the colossus well before uh playing ico um, okay it was an interesting experience going back playing that because ICO. Sh- Clearly shares a lot of um control similarities with um Shadow, uh which mm. Shadow built upon. Um I liked it a lot the first time I played it, but I felt like there were aspects of it that um I wasn't a fan of. Um I thought the whole puzzle side of it, um uh you uh trying to navigate the environment and trying to get Yorda through the environment was great. I thought all that mm. stuff was amazing. But I really can't stand the combat at all—the uh, hitting the shadows with the stick, and and later on you get like a mace type thing, and then a sword. Um, I it just it felt really awkward. And in all honesty, I th- I feel like that game would be dramatically improved if you removed the combat altogether. I mean, have you played it in the HD re-release? Yeah, I have. Yeah. See.
2: Uh- I know we were having a conversation about this on Twitter about the combat of, of Eco, and I I actually disagree. Um, I expected it to because I remember it being quite, I don't know, um basic. And it clearly is basic, but mm. yeah, very basic. Back when I played it in, in two thousand and one, and I actually didn't get that from here. What it actually does, and it's surprising when you look at game design you know, over you know over the, that ten year period, we've gone a lot towards like one button combat now because it's you not know, more accessible for certain generations of people to come in and look at something like Fable. And um, it shares that similarity. So all you need to do is, is just press one button and bash these these phantoms away. And I don't know how really how they could Im- improve that. I mean, what I like about that is the fact that there is a sense of danger and a sense of tension. I think if you took that away, then it's just one big exploration puzzle game. Nothing wrong with that. I probably would have just you know, liked the game just as much. But there, there was always that aspect when... You know, if you're on top of the ladder, you're going up the top of the ladder and you know that she can't climb that ladder. It's one of the obstacles that she can't because she has the ability to jump a little bit, but not over gaps. You have to, you know, guide her over those uh, obstacles. So you're at the top of the ladder, and you know that you have about two to three minutes worth of exploration, and maybe it's a bit more than that. I mean, it feels quite short when you're doing it, but in reality, it's probably more like five to ten minutes, where you're exploring the environment, and you're trying to work out that puzzle at the same time, having half an eye on her, because you know she is a critical part. If she dies, then it's back to the save point, and sometimes they're quite uh, you know a distance apart. So I like the fact that the combat is in there, um, and I don't really think it... it The the game would lend itself to, you know, we were talking in God of War, like the simple combat of God of War. like It it, it wouldn't lend itself to anything more complex other than just bashing these things away. But there are,
1: Um, strangely enough, I I actually found myself, or maybe it's just my sense of combat has developed over the years as well, where I was working tactics into this lot, where I would let them grab it which case i found it a lot easier no. to take no 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 because they, especially the flying ones they they come down they, met, they there's only there's a several circle, well yeah. there's several types of them and there's one type that will attack you which are the 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 i think the very first ones you encounter which are like the human ones and they all, they tend to make a beeline for eco but all the flying ones will always go for her over you every time and what i was doing was waiting till they'd landed behind her were about to grab and then i'd swipe them down but it it, it proved to be quite effective because otherwise if you try chasing them they tend to just keep jumping up and avoiding you and you just run around and they actually seem to pull you away from her constantly uh i I don't
2: know if anyone else had this this experience where um i mean did did you actually die at any point because your wife's in the combat um section that actually dragged her away and then put Mm -hmm. her into a pit i mean I died. I, I had that um, happen when I was too far away from her. Yeah. I was too busy trying to solve a puzzle and you know, quite often going down the wrong alley of you know trying to solve a puzzle. So I didn't have enough time to get back to her. But I never died during the combat. It was more of a case of, well, put her down and let's just mm-hmm. go through these motions and, and get her back out and drag her out. I mean, quite often she was quite deep in that. At Black Pit but never did I just you know lose a combat situation just because the combat was felt broken. It
0: definitely happened to me a couple of times through in my initial playthrough back in 2002. It's um, obviously I'm, I'm talking about these games from quite a different perspective because uh, I completed Shadow of the Colossus for the first time about five hours ago and I completed Eco <laughs> last time nine and a half years ago. Um, it was actually introduced to me by a, a friend who I would not have who wasn't really a hardcore gamer? He had a PS2 and he played Pro Evolution Soccer, and we played that together. Uh, but I think it was like a, a DVD preview on an official PlayStation magazine or something, and he pointed out this interesting-looking little game. And you have to remember, going back to the the 90s, that Sony's in-house games were not massively well respected. They mm. they'd done some interesting stuff. They'd done some good stuff, even on the Mega Drive um, when they were Sony. Image Works or something like that. Um, they did. They'd done some technically strong games, and and then they started. Uh, they started putting out things like Ape Escape and and sort of where they were utilising their own peripherals and stuff. But at this point, uh, a really artsy in-house Sony game was was not something that you necessarily were expecting. And uh, he said, "Oh yeah, it looks really cool. It's like it looks really peaceful and quiet and atmospheric." And I hadn't really paid any attention to this particular this preview um but by the time it came out my appetite had been whetted and i think edge reviewed it when it came out in japan which i remember was, yeah um a good uh, sort of 3 months before it came out in in europe so i was primed to to rush out and buy it uh, as soon as it did come out and uh i remember uh that same friend had to get me round to help him help him past a section of combat in the in the finished game he's not a, a great games player and was certainly wasn't used to playing anything other than football games, um, and he thought that the uh, the creepy shadow enemies were never going to stop coming because, and, and I think having played the first couple of hours again today, the I think I, I actually really like the combat. It's very much got that same thing as the init- the original Silent Hill in that mm. you're clearly not a skilled warrior. You are somebody who is put into a fucking scary situation with a load of... Really unpleasant ghouls that you don't know what to do with, so you pretty much waver, stick at them, and hope they go away. Um, I think the feel, the, the the tactile response from the motors inside the jewel shop is absolutely perfect for the um, for the feel of hitting these sort of smoky monsters. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the combat sections just go on a bit long. I think they could just do with being a tad shorter. Um, but it does, as you say, Tony, it does ramp up the tension. I was thinking about when I first pick
2: this game up um, and actually doing a bit of research it, it makes sense now um i was drawn by the cover if you if you remember the the power, yeah mm. the power uk cover art
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's also talk about the us cover in a moment but <laughs> no let's not <laughs> let's
2: not <laughs> so it was it was a windmill wasn't it and it yeah. was in um it was cardboard, and it it really stood out from the shelf. And I was thinking, "Wow, that that's really interesting." It had like a cards in it, and which you know, mm. obviously we did the charity auction and done very well for themselves. Um, mm. And that's the reason I picked it up, which is which is strange. I don't think i have probably really ever picked an, another game up off the shelf purely because of its box, judging art. It uh, by its cover. Yeah, um, and actually doing some research, I think this it's highlighted on Wikipedia of of, of many places. Um, one of the, the, the reasons they say the game was a failure in in the states, they're saying it oh. went on to sell two hundred sixty five thousand copies, which you know, isn't horrendous, let's say. Um, was the cover art, and you you go searching for the cover, and it's it's a picture of you know Eco himself standing yep. on the front, but it it just it looks like some Viking warrior. Um, just that's just it's bizarre. A, yeah, yeah,
0: it's a boy holding a plank in front of a windmill with a ethereal faces just uh it's just been cobbled together jay
1: you're the artist among it's uh, like that kind of horrible 3d i mean it's it's 3d art rendered style yeah yeah. and it's it's smooth face but it it, it doesn't it's like the person who made it only has the barest grasp on what the game was about and the fact that um yorda in the background (laughs) if it's supposed to be yorda resembles nothing like the character in the game no. I mean, Eco is slightly different. He does look like the character, but he's just so shiny. Unless and, she's meant and... to be the queen, it's very hard to tell. I assume yeah. it
0: is meant to be Yorda, but uh, mm. yeah, it's it's an appalling thing. But ironically, it does actually. You could argue that it looks more like the game than the as um, is, is Giorgio Di Chirico uh, inspired cover of the European mm. and Japanese one. But that ca- captures the essence of the game. Exactly. Infinitely yeah. better, but I yeah. think
1: maybe that both covers were, in some regard, detrimental to the sales of the games overall, because perhaps, one yeah. is perhaps too arty, the other one yeah. is
3: crap.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's strange to, to read, you know, what they did with the, U, uh, the UK or the European release was to change the cover art, and it was something that jumped out to me, and, you know, to find out that that was the actual reason. Um, obviously, you know, they were on to something, but, I mean, what I will say is co- ICO, eco you know, fall down that, that trap I think either or in this situation but it, it should be eco um, is a game that I've actually classed as, as one of my you know, favourite games of all time, wow. um, I've, not, I've not kept it in, a, in any particular list or top 10s mm. or anything like that but it is one that stayed with me from the, the Playstation 2 era so I was actually really um, interested to go back and play it on this HD re-release version because you know, I had high, high expectations for it and you know, like yourself, Leon, I'd, I'd never played uh, Shadow of the Colossus mm. so that was the unknown one for me
3: I think, I think for me, um, I, I would class it as a really great game that has this one flaw that really bothers me. And I know you guys were discussing how you kind of like the combat, but um, for me, it's a, it's a game that could be one of the greatest games ever made if if it wasn't for that one thing that bothers me so much. <laughs>
0: that's
2: that's a weird thing to hang like anything against it because if if you're saying it could be because of the atmosphere and stuff I mean how many things could we bring out with Shadow of the Colossus where you could hang that same coat hanger on and say well if it wasn't for this then well, this could be I'm, like I'm, a perfect gonna, game. So I'm going to
0: do that later on in the show yeah.
2: <laughs> um. So I'm mean, going back to the HD release. What I found actually is ten years. I don't, I don't think it's aged particularly bad. I, I I really enjoyed the environmental puzzle stuff. I think it doesn't go over the top. I think it, it finds you know that perfect balance of time to reward. Um, you don't too often go through the you know off the beaten path mm. um, because it, it does some really great things with the camera. Just hints rather than you know directs it like this is the route you need to go. It's just well it slightly moves the camera around.
1: When I was playing this, I actually found on occasion I. I, despite obviously my memory uh, of the first time through, has faded anyway. But there were times I got stuck and I felt like there's no hint system. (laughs) And I was thinking, why am I, you know, the camera doesn't show you where you're supposed to go when you enter a level. And, but then after a while, Yorda will point, basically, she'll walk over and point to where you're supposed to go. And I'd totally forgotten that. She doesn't, actually. Yeah. And I was just like, Wow, that's that's so good. And it, it just so like there was lots of moments like this where I forget uh, how uh, things work. That's more elegant than the
0: the solution in Shadow, which is a, a text. Some text comes up and tells you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's almost like she's saying, "Oh stupid!" Up there, like yeah. it cleared, mm. clearly, it's there. Just grab the ledge, and you're oh, there's a ledge there. Huh, okay.
1: I mean, you were talking about the HD re, re- releases. Now, mm. obviously, they've been sort of visually enhanced, but Whilst I'm aware that there are differences between the US version and the UK version, I've always assumed it was um, it was the stuff with the sword, the extras, if you will. You know, having being able to play in co-op once you finished it the first time, the, the special Lightsaber. weapons and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the
0: translation of uh, of Yorda's speech from
1: sim- and the Queen from right. symbols into English. But there are gameplay differences now as well. Because I got stuck on one particular bit, and I, for the life of me, I couldn't think, I can not remember how to do this. So I was like, okay, YouTube it. So I'm watching this YouTube video, which is a YouTube of the original game back in from 2004. Hmm. It's completely different. The switches aren't where they're supposed to be. And then the, and the, the really? actual, yeah, the, it's, it may be jumping forward a bit, but it's in the, remember the waterfall section where you have to basically yes. shut the valve off. Um,
2: and jump on to, that down windmill thing. Well, not the no, windmill. The, the, no. It's a turbine thing. Yeah,
1: the little piece of wood that's bouncing up and down. That's, that's, yeah, that's the bit. Well, that I, I a,
0: heard they've they've addressed that bit because it was notoriously shite.
1: Well, the thing mm-hmm. is, that's not in the original. Not in the version. Not according to the video that I was watching. and I'm not sure as i can remember it because there's a switch. You have to climb up the ladder first, then you shimmy along those pipes, and then there's a switch. And the switch um, is what well, does the switch turns it on? Hmm. Right, that switch wasn't there on the original playthrough, and you shimmied all the way across onto the other side, jumped down the window, up the ladder, and opened the door. Hmm. The ladder is still there, but the the pipe stops halfway, and if you try and go off, you just fall off and die. But that switch wasn't there in the original, according to this video.
0: Hmm. Well, and I, I,
1: got- I need to go back now, and I said I have to go back now and play the PS2 version again <laughs> to make sure. It's in the, it was in the pal because I can't remember this bit I, I, was I, app- heard, I, I don't I haven't got back that
0: far again my my memory of that section mostly is the the ridiculously uh, fidgety nature of that jump the fact that it was Complete. It seemed completely arbitrary that eventually you would you would you would get the launch you needed from the piston. It seemed to mm. have very little bearing um, the animation on uh, of what was going on. It seemed to be you know yeah. almost random as to when you would get the the required boost. And I would heard somewhere just somebody gossiping on Twitter. I think I don't know. I don't have this. Um, we should probably credit the uh, Bluepoint Games who actually made these mm. rather nice um, HD. Upgrades for Team ICO or Team Eco and uh, and Sony. Um, that somebody said, "Oh, I, I heard they'd uh, uh, addressed that problem with, well, with, with with the wooden piston." Let, um, let me just but say, they, they didn't. don't seem to have done.
2: <laughs> well, that, yeah, I mean, I, I spent a good twenty minutes on yeah. that section. Okay, um, to, to the degree that I th- thought that actually, you know, I don't. I remember the piston from the from the original, but I don't remember having trouble with it. So I, I ended up having to do a bit of a, a you know a YouTube search just to see what, you know, am I doing something did I do uh, something yeah, wrong? Because yeah, yeah. I stood in this room for 20 minutes and it would appear that I have to use this piston.
0: It's uh, it's unlike any other it's the classic yeah. put in a put in a section, put in a puzzle, put in a challenge, which is unlike anything else in the game. The the one I always think of is the one that Charles Cecil of Revolution always Always talks about that he regrets putting in, which is the goat in the first Broken Sword game, which was a puzzle that required a particular uh, kind of skill. It required some sort of reactions and clicking on a certain thing at a certain time. Never used before, never used again in the game. And and this that piston in Eco is like right. Well, we've got some fairly rudimentary block puzzles. We've got some fairly um, some decent lateral thinking puzzles. You know, like mm-hmm. get on the chandelier to get the to smash the staircase down to get the thing to light the bomb and, you know, things like that. Yeah. And you've got some fairly rudimentary combat and, and individually, none of these elements are that complicated. Uh, it's more about the, you know, the, the whole being greater than some of the parts, but then just to suddenly throw in this totally different thing that looks nothing like anything else in the game and acts like nothing else in the game. Just a real misstep. Well, just, you know,
2: back, back in the day, 2001 ago on YouTube, Watch it and work it out. Well, the thing is, it's
1: the timing that's the problem with that puzzle because I I I was the, exactly the same as Tony. I was on it for twenty minutes or so last night. I even passed the <laughs> controller to Kai. She had a go. Passed <laughs> it back to me after about five minutes of trying. Rhythm, yeah. yeah I was and say, it was it's not like, rhythm based, James. No, wrong, but well, what it was was down. it was timing. And I thought, what am I missing? Because and that's why I ended up going on YouTube because I felt I'm, I must be doing this wrong. I must have missed something because I said. I must, you know, I assumed rightfully right at the start that I stand on that, and it boosts me up. But it, it's the timing of the jump and the jump—you have to basically jump when it drops, so you have to jump up when the platform drops, and then it boosts you up. But the but if timing, you, get that wrong, you
2: just go two foot. It's not very, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's,
3: it's, it's mad. recall.
2: Josh, did you have trouble with this, or are we just old? No, gamers no, that- I
3: absolutely agree. I spent about like, hey. half an hour trying to do that. Um, mm. Yeah, it wasn't very fun. Yeah,
0: I, I I remember quite a quite a number of the jumps and puzzles in that final section after you've dropped down as as being uh, obviously that is the kind of final challenge to get back up to confront the queen and and um, it had some pretty tough moments in I think there are bits of both the games that we'll, we'll obviously we'll talk about with mm. Shadow but that that where Oeda-san's origins as an artist are betrayed in that there are some sort of quite fundamental and cardinal gameplay sins.
1: Well, I, 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 gosh, ag- I know, but- no, I agree with this. I think because he's he's got the art. Uh, you you can see it and you know when you're playing it. There's an attention to detail that you get from somebody who who, as he was, is an artist. He said he just he's so precise in in the little details, like such as the character animation. I absolutely adored the fact that when when you sit down on those save sofas, hmm. <laughs> um that you ought to put. It, it order animation where she puts a hand down on the sofa to, to, to lean back on. Um, and when, um, eco is like beckoning her to do a jump, you can see his hand sort of opening and closing and it's, mm. but all of his games have this kind of little where You can see how much thought he's put into the details, but often at the cost of say gameplay
0: mechanics. Precise control is, is an issue. Um, I- falling off platforms that you really oughtn't to and you wouldn't if you were in control of Mario or somebody.
2: But it it doesn't... I mean, I I found with Eco, it it doesn't happen that often. I mean, I'd made some mistakes and I jumped when maybe I shouldn't have done. But I think, you know, for a game that's 2001, it it doesn't go down too far down that pit. Um, Mainly because, you know, the camera's pretty fixed. That was one of my complaints, actually, um, with both games. Um, It's just with the the shadow the shadow colossus camera we we'll talk about in a little while but um this camera in particular i I don't know if it's a um something from gaming now where we have so much more control over cameras and you know because the worlds you know you design that much more polygons, and uh, they don't mind you—you know—looking around. Where this one, I'm like, I just want to see a bit higher, and you—you kind of dragging it out, and you, you've got this huge expanse below you, and you, you want to see, see what's going on, but it's very fixed, and it's like, well, now we don't want to show you everything because you know we don't necessarily want to render everything on screen at once. Um, and I, I found that quite frustrating, or you know, more more so because I wanted to see the environment rather than you know work out any puzzles. That's um, strange
3: because I, I sorry. Go on, Just. Um, I was gonna say I don't really find the camera that frustrating for me because oftentimes I found the camera to be a clue as to mm-hmm. what I meant to do to progress. Sure, I you know, I I agree with you, I would like to look at the environment and stuff, but it felt like um they were directing you towards a certain objective and um I found it quite useful to if I got a little bit confused, okay, what is the camera focusing on? what should i be concentrating on
1: yeah i actually found the camera more annoying in in shadow than i did in eco well, yeah yeah um and maybe that's to do with the fact that you're in uh, with eco you're in pretty much enclosed spaces all the time and you know it doesn't quite have the expanse of but when shadow you go
2: outside i just wanted to look at this world like mm. you know there's this huge expanse of what's going on and it's just you need to fix on this i understand the the gameplay reasons but i, I think it's more of a, a a generational thing now where you know we have the ability to you know to move the camera about and i think it, it probably benefits it being a fixed something we haven't touched on and i want to get kind of a, a gauge from you guys is what did you actually feel about um the characters in it, this itself obviously you got uh, Eco, but um, also Yorda. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like the relationship they had there. It once again, there's there's no there's no speaking. I mean, yes, there's there's mum I mean, jumbled up text, um, but he can't understand, and neither can you. Um, and. There's this real bond in the game and just the simple, uh, the ability of, of grabbing a hand and you are reliable for what essentially is. I mean, she's frail. She's almost, you know, baby-like in mm. a state that, you know, she she only can jump small distances. And you've got to guide her through this environment and, be, you know, you are her, her well-being through the entirety of this game. Normally, um, what's, what's the word? Um, escort quests mm. are absolutely Horrendous, horrible. Nobody particularly likes escort quests, and this game involves mostly around an escort quest. Yet, I never found myself getting frustrated with her because so often you could just say, "Wait there, I'll be back." Like, just sit down, be fine. I'll be just going to go and knock this bridge down so we can mm. move on. And and I really like that—that the ability to come back and guide her around. And you know, I actually didn't
0: find she being a nuisance. I feel so scared when uh, when you do leave her a screen or two back mm. to go exploring. It's such mm. a you know it really emphasizes that sort of that desolate feeling that the castle has, and mm. um yeah the fear that the, the the spooky souls may appear
1: at any point in a way because it, it where it doesn't fail is I actually find her AI even for the time was, was did exactly what it was supposed to do. You didn't I keep often, it simple. Yeah, you didn't find the sort of like going off the only <laughs> time no the only time I ever found the going off, and there's always a reason for it at the white doves. I don't know if you noticed, but when the white doves are, she chases after them. Yeah, yeah. and that was Mm. the only time I noticed they're actually going off track, and I had to keep calling her back. But it felt plausible because she was distracted by something else that was in the world at the time. And when sorry, when when the shadow creatures attack you, she tends to try and stay behind you or or close to you all the time. yeah. Yeah. I was just
2: gonna say, do you think the AI is good, or do you think it's actually quite a masterstroke that you're in control of her? I mean, yes, the AI is good to say, like say, move away necessarily mm. from um, you know the demons that are trying to chase her. But at the same time, anything that's slightly more complex about navigating the environment, you're you're grabbing her hand and saying, just follow this path that I'm going to make for you, and you'll be okay. And I, I like that, and I think you know more modern games could actually take a few hints from that. Um, that, you know, you shepherd the AI rather than the AI try to Well you know, it gives navigate it gives itself. the
1: player the sense of responsibility towards the character as opposed to sort of just like, oh for God's sake, do as you're fucking told all the time. You <laughs> know. It's like I mean the game was built you know, when when you uh watch the uh the video that
0: comes with the H D collection, uh Raider mm. talks about you know the idea of the game came from the first image in his head was a, a boy and a girl with the girl taller than the boy. Yeah, you know, so that, mm. that is the whole game is built from that simple concept from the ground up. And so, you know, so it would have been a a massive failing to have, to have not nailed that as, as, as well as they did, but then that's not to say that to do so was, was easy because as you say, you know, if you just think of it as an escort quest, I know we, we talked about, uh, ashley and leon in resident evil 4 not being a a disaster either but um they are still you know they are still exceptions the the enjoyable escort quests um i'm not sure why it works so well uh, it, it's a very difficult thing to qualify but i think it is that thing that the the ai is at such as it is is quite simple you know she follows you she does what you say mm. um mm. there's there's not like moments where although you know you can get surrounded by the by the beasts the um, it's not like she's getting shot at from afar that where you can't mm. do anything about it and her energy bar that not, you know, she hasn't got an energy bar that's going down that's being chipped away out while you're being knocked about by something else. Yeah. Um, you do always have control of the situation by and large and that that's the key thing and that's uh, that's
1: crucial, I think. The element there where you just touched upon, there's no energy bar. That's another thing that I really like about the game, and I know it's not mm-hmm. the only game to do it, but there are there's it, no it was HUD. an early one. Yeah, there's no, there's no hood, there's no life bar yeah no screen furniture mm, yeah. whatsoever that was remarkable at the time
0: it again it wasn't the first even in 2001 and, and i know that ueda sam was inspired by another world or out of this world yeah. as it was known in america um so uh, 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 Eric, Eric Shahi, yeah, yeah. French, french game and um you know i remember that that was obviously um that was kind of like you know a halfway house to put it mm. simply and quickly, between the early sort of Laserdisc graphic adventures and a game where it, you were actually playing a cinematic game um, and and it also, the, there are other uh, similarities with, with- eco and that which is is that sense of being you know stranded in an in an alien hostile environment i realize it's you know it's quite a common theme amongst video games but uh but still the yeah the the lack of screen furniture has been extremely influential we've seen it more and more since then um and even colossus doesn't manage it because it you know they had mm. to have some kind of um Gauge for gauge. health and, health mm. and grip. Um, whereas now, you know, you see things like dead space, where obviously HD helps. Um, you've got all the information as part of the game, part of your suit, part mm. of the hologram that's being projected in front of you, or, or whatever.
2: Josh, how how well do you reckon they sell the world? Because I mean, it's a, it's a fantasy place. We have no idea what it is, but it, it still feels strangely set in reality. Um, you know, do you think they did a good job there?
3: Um, I think. They do a good job of selling the world, but they do a good job of leaving a lot of it to your imagination. In much the same way games like Bioshock do, where instead of giving you like heaps and heaps of exposition, this is why this is here, and this is exactly why it's here, and (laughs) la-la-la-la-la. You just come into a location, and you get a sense of history and purpose, just by Mm. looking at the environment. You see, okay, so this was built like so many years ago and um, there, there's a reason for this to exist. Um, I prefer it that way. I prefer games that do that, where a lot of it is like, i am they're giving me enough information to know kind of what's going on, but at the same time, the world is still mysterious and I'm having to fill in mm. the gaps.
2: When you look at it, the story is actually quite dark. I mean, so they're taking um, Ico, or Iko there um, to be you know, pretty much put to his prison and death. <laughs> yeah,
0: entombed alive. Um, as, yeah, entombed because, alive. Simply when... because he was uh, born with a born disfigurement, with if you like.
2: Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a grander storyline that you could look at. You know, um, Shadow of the Closet. We'll being... Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come yeah. full
1: circle with this. See, th- that's the thing about this, is, is the fact that they... I think every, every one of us probably has a slightly different take on what it's about. And I, I think that is, to me, without a doubt, one of its strengths as to why this game and and, and Colossus as well have have become kind of memorable is the f- at least from you know from my own perspective that's what I love the most about it. I love that's the fact. That- Jay,
0: so bring it back to what you were saying when you started about this. This was this was a more emotional playthrough. What what hmm. what
1: is it about for you? This game is it? Well, it's the relationship. It's it's the relationship between the two characters and and how. You basically create it yourself. There is there is very little there. I mean, in terms of exposition, there's next to none. Like you said, they don't even explain why they sacrifice these children. It, it's just left to your sort of for you to sort of create your own sort of backstory. And there's no, um, you know, why the emphasis between why Eco wants to save Yorda and and stuff. And it's just it. it, it you invest far more when you yourself have the freedom to create those stories for those characters. Um, At least I, I certainly found that I did this time around, especially this time around, maybe as I've gotten older, you know, I sort of want that aspect of these games. And I really wish more games would follow suit with that.
2: I would completely agree with you there. I, I think first time, if I remember right, I played the game just to get through the puzzles. Mm. Like it, it was, you know, it was an environment, get through the environment, and complete the game. This time, I did concentrate a lot more on, the, you know, the character, yeah. a bonding, relationship, to the point where I think we probably all had our own little traits of how we guided her through the environment. For instance, when I sat down, which makes no sense, by the way, sit down on these couches in, <laughs> in this area. It's like, at that what? Okay. But, um, you know, sitting down on the couch, I used to always say, come here. And when you do that, he pats on the seat. Mm. And it was always like, "Come here," and I kept calling her dear. Like Liz was saying, "Why are you keep calling her dear?" I don't know. I was like, "Come on, dear, come on, dear, come on, like over here." But um, I mean, like you're saying at the start of the story, obviously you fall out this pod, hmm. um, and there's loads of pods there. So you know they don't need to tell you that the kids have been being taken here for years because clearly you know this is a problem here. and well, I mean, the, that, these kids that, have been that is, that
1: is pointed out quite. Graphically, at the end, isn't it? At the very mm-hmm. end, there's, yeah. there's by all yeah. the shadows themselves. Yeah, they themselves basically resemble it with horns and stuff. And and yeah, you, and we you... find out, don't we, that
0: the, the, the queen uh, to to expose the plot. The, the queen is uh, wants Yorda to uh, who is her daughter. Hmm. For some reason, she's uh, she's imprisoned her, but she wants to use her soul to basically give her more life. But she has been using the souls of the entombed children. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Entombed Children are also the uh,
1: the spirits who are attacking you. I mean, certainly at the end, that, that becomes quite apparent. But the mm. creature ones, um, early yeah. on, you're not sure. And this no. is what you sort of create yourself. Oh, they, they must have been like the ancient ones that have sort of evolved into sort of different creatures and stuff. But, you know, it, 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 this playthrough particularly was different for me because I was... I, I was playing the Japanese version, so everything mm. was alien. I had no English text whatsoever. So although I had a vague sort of recollection on what it was about, I was kind of still watching the cutscenes, just trying to, in my own mind, making up the dialogue myself. So it was just... Um, I think you could probably... Yeah, I doubt it makes that much difference, to be honest. I'll so say it's
2: strange. I did exactly the same thing I did on my first time through 10 years ago, which is, you know, in the final scene, well, actually it doesn't turn out to be the final scene, but after you've opened the, the two gates and you're running for your freedom, and you're going across the bridge and the, the bridge itself separates between the two. Um, and you jump and you sit there and you call for her, you're like jump, jump. And I remember doing this back, mm. like say 10 years ago and then getting knocked off the bridge because the bridge ultimately, you know, overtakes and throws yeah. you down. And you die. And you have to go back to a save point. Um, did the exact same thing this time through. Mm. Um without realising I had to jump back across the bridge again. That's and right. then yeah. then you realise there's another like pretty much hour and a half, two hours worth of game where you have to rework yourself back up. Well, I mean as as we wrap this up so we can move on to, to Shadow to give us enough time on that. Um would would you recommend people, you know, certainly play the HD releases. I think that's probably the most sensible way to to tackle both of these games now. Um I know I know I certainly would. I, I enjoyed it immensely i have mm. to say um it still stays firmly up in in you know in my favorite games of all time um and i think that the coat of polish has you know done it a, a wonder and i love the relationship building between yourself and uh, your order
1: mm. um and i and i still think the puzzles play really really well um that's something that i really appreciate this time around is just how good a designed map that is i mean you'd often find yourself going back over and maybe this is where the HD stuff really sort of shines is you go back and you can see the areas that you were in like an hour and a half ago, a couple of hours earlier, or the yeah, yeah. they're down below, you know, and you're recognizing the, the layout and you think, Oh wow, that yeah, that's that bit. It's and,
2: it's great to hear in that video that comes with it that um you know the developers saying you know yes we had to upgrade some of the textures mm. but a lot of this stuff was originally there and it's in the source code but because of the the way that it was presented on there the, yeah. you just couldn't see it but when they you know they upgraded it and there it was it was all there and mm. the fact that the fingers moved and, and whatnot was all you know programmed but you just couldn't see it in HD so uh, or in SD I
1: think I would definitely without question recommend this game. Um, but more than anything, I would also recommend don't skip the end credits, whatever ah, you do, because... Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: easily done. Um, this is, I've seen this, um, obviously, with many games over the years, but this has uh, come up a few times recently. Um, yeah, well, let's talk uh, very briefly about the ending. Um, mm. It's a fa- It's got a famous... Both these games have famous endings um, because they trigger an emotional response in people. So uh, you've worked your way through this castle you know the the story is incredibly simple um really uh but at the end you know you uh you think
1: you've been separated from yorda you think that's it but it's not well she kind of you 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 imagine at the point that she sacrificed herself to save you or sort of resigned herself to oblivion in some way and mm. um yeah that's not the case and, and like after the end credits of uh a cycle through. You sort of wake up on the beach next to the boat that you're or in the boat, don't you? And then you fall out of the boat and you're on the beach. Washed up. Yeah. Yeah. And then for it, it, and then this is this is something that's apparent through the whole game, really. Is he doesn't there's no pointers. There's no sort of no. indication. There's no nothing. You just start wandering around. Yeah. Yeah. And you just keep wandering and um and keep running down the shoreline and then eventually you sort of come across a, a washed up body of well, she isn't dead, but Yordas sort of in human form washed up on the shoreline and it's such a sort of impactful moment when, you, when that happens and the cutscene then with they just open it, a hand a fingers twitch and their eyes open and that's the end of the game and it's it, it really, I don't know it, it, it's such a simple scene and yet it's so
0: bloody effective Gets you every time yeah. uh, and there's a, there's a little treat on your second playthrough as well, I'm sure mm. you're aware of Watermelon. Watermelon, indeed. Mm. Has anybody
2: since. Share this? of Watermen.
1: Has anybody actually sort of got to that point? Because I've no, never. I've never got to it, no. Only on YouTube. Josh, have you? how many times have you played this through? Have you uh, gone twice. through?
3: This was my second time through in the HD version. Uh, right. So you didn't get the watermelon. Nah. You'd have to play it through again.
1: Strangely enough, on, on this time, I'm actually going to go back through and play it again because I actually want to unlock a lot of this stuff. Same, same as for Colossus as well. Mm hmm. So, Josh, I
2: mean, you've been a little quiet on this one because, you know, I think we're You're all quite confused about it. Yeah, I mean, so would you recommend it from somebody that's that's come to it obviously quite late and quite fresh? Um, I'd know, absolutely
3: I'd recommend it um, because although I have some problems with it, I think its strong points are, it are really strong. Um, I think it does something that very, very few games manage to do, and that's to be subtle. Which hmm. um, not? I don't. I don't think Shadow of the Colossus accomplishes it. To be quite honest, even though I love it uh, more, yeah, limbo stuff like that. Oh yeah, but, I mean, favorites. but there are games out there that are subtle. But when you look, you compare it to every, you know, the majority of the market. It's kind of just bombast and action movie. So it's kind of nice to experience something that doesn't try to throw explosions and everything in your face, it's much more about atmosphere and building a relationship between two characters using interaction rather than direct exposition or dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really great puzzle game. Um, I think the environments look good, I think the art design is great. I absolutely recommend it, I think it's it's worth experiencing at least once
2: it is strange isn't it how 10 years down the line and you're saying all that stuff I'm like yeah that's so true yet there's so few of those titles still um you know maturing around us seems a very strange industry that hasn't you know grabbed hold of that there is like I say limbo you could argue that shares some of the, the characteristics but um you know I would like more I, yeah I don't think we we won't ever see a sequel to this I, I don't think he, they already said it's a wrapped up story or did we uh, well, uh.
0: Sort, of, sort of not um, Yeah for me it's uh, it's it's still really Even ahead of the, the, the sweet relationship And stuff it's still The atmosphere, the lighting, the wind And all that that gets me more than anything It felt mm. absolutely unique In 2002 and it still Feels pretty unique in, in 2011 yes. um, It's worth experiencing Just for the Quite incredible sense of being immersed In uh, another world a very sort of very much more quiet and simple but still somehow sinister occasionally beautiful but often sinister one um i've still um i've not got back to the the my favorite sort of sections just yet uh which probably the first of which is the windmill above above the ground um i just i don't remember uh, up to that point we were only sort of two or three years on f- uh, from Ocarina of Time and I remember thinking wow you know what an amazing world to explore you could go underwater put your metal boots on and look up and think wow I'm, mm. I'm underwater it's amazing but um, the elements are sold in eco like in no other game I wouldn't have said it's uh it it really can make you feel like you are cold or warm depending on whether you're in a patch of dappled sunlight or in a shadow uh the the bits in the mist you know the watery mist later on just felt so cold and wet to me um that that sort of stuff is something that games don't always achieve and that's that's what makes it stand out for me above the puzzles and the combat and stuff which is almost by the by really Hmm. And so the other one, <laughs> um, my history with this just quickly. Um, I have actually, I had played it before this uh, HD re-release, Shadow of the Colossus. Um, I got it at the time and I played about, I think I played up to the fourth Colossus, uh, the one in the graveyard. I've got the names of the Colossus here, Colossi, uh, Phydra in the graveyard. Um, but I was having some problems with it. Um, some of them were technical, uh, and, and but they did relate to the gameplay, even the, the technical relationship with the gameplay, such as frame rate being stuttery, meaning that controls didn't always feel like they were being uh, answered properly compared to what I was doing. Um, and I had a few other, uh, yeah, I certainly wanted to love it. I'd, I'd seen all the reviews, I'd heard all the praise, um, but I kept getting distracted. This was also at a time when I was going out socializing a lot more and, and it perhaps just wasn't the right game for me at the time in 2005 or six, whenever it was. Um, so I came back to it just this last week, um, in which case uh, now, uh, Jay and Josh, you both played this at the time. Me and Tony mm-hmm. didn't. Josh, did you rush out and buy this? Were you sort of stoked for this game before you played it, or was it a, you know, a Actually,
3: um, I didn't even know it existed until a friend wow. uh, uh, suggested it for me. Um, I played... I was a big fan of God of War, which came out the same year, yeah. and... Um, uh, they and they basically sold it to me based on the fact oh you like fighting giant creatures <laughs> why don't you play this game where you fight giant creatures they're bigger um so so like, all right i'll uh i'll check it out and he he let basically that um friend uh, andrew basically he lent me a copy of that game and um i played through the first few uh, colossi and i just i it wasn't The thing he sold me on wasn't the thing I fell in love with. I I mean, I really like the Colossi. They're huge and big and epic. But what really gripped me was the sense of atmosphere and place and the world and this kind of decaying and dying environment, like all the buildings are collapsing and and all the greenery and, and nature are only on patches of the earth while the rest of it is dead and dirty and um it's like life is trying to cling onto it but is slowly dying out and um it, what i fell in love with was just it was just the art style and just it was so beautiful at that time i'd never played anything that it wasn't it wasn't graphically like i'd played half-life 2 that's clearly way ahead of um shadow of the colossus at that time but the sense of um composition like paying attention to where lighting is and paying attention to where every object is placed i, I i'd never experienced something like that before mm-hmm.
0: jay yeah, uh, you were there back in 2005 or 6 did you import yeah. or did you wait for the power release or?
1: the first time i ever encountered the game i mean I, i'd seen early previews in edge i think they they did at one point a full cover thing but i th- On the first trip to Japan, we went into a game shop and they had this display uh, screen showing the trailer looped. And I just sat there and watched it and thought, that looks amazing, I'm going to play that. And it kind of got its hooks into me from that point. The game came out shortly after we got back. I started playing it, but then for some reason, I just hit a, possibly only three or four Colossus in, I just Hmm. hit a wall and stopped. Seems to be a common theme, that. Yeah, but, well... Yeah, uh, there were exact reasons possibly to do with Xbox Live at the time. But Ah. (laughs) um, (laughs) it was on another trip to Japan. I was buying my nephew a video game. And it was, what do I get him? And Colossus was on the shelf. So I said, you know, here you go, try this. And then it was kind of like he got past my point in the game. So there was this um, somewhat competitive streak to to basically finish it before him again, a very similar sort of theme with with um, Ico is that you know it doesn't explain anything. It doesn't set the backstory. You've got no idea what what is motivate. Well, you kind of assume it's love that's motivating the character. Mm. It's not actually explained, is it? The way your imagination works as you're playing, you know, you're creating this backstory. You're thinking of why he's doing what he's doing. Why what, you know that who, who what is their relationship?
2: My my story. I mean, I'm just going to echo everyone mm. else's feelings here. I I actually I played um, Shadow back then. Was it 2006? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah it was two, 2006
0: um, over here. It was the end of 05 in USA and mm. Japan. Back in those days when that happened,
2: and I and I brought it off the strength of uh, Echo, yeah. um, and I actually only got one or two Colossus in. No further than that. And and or oh, I. Um, mm. And I put that solely down to exports uh, live uh, at I that know. point um i died well my my priorities had changed in, entirely as you know as, as what i was playing i was very much into rainbow six and mm. you know moto gp online and, and stuff like that I was less into single player stuff mm. um so it was one of those ones i picked it up hd game was here and it was just oh, like this sd thing and I, you know i regret it now because you know, clearly you know it's a stupid move but um yeah so yeah i've, I've come to it now fresh I and mean, it, it, it comes with his own pressures Um. Not to go too far of a, a quick tangent, but it, it's it's weird when you you come to a game like Shadow of the Colossus where there's so you know much reverence about yeah. the game. You know, it's I know it's something you know to touch on. You know when Alex did his his Gonzo gaming thing, which is you know feeling like you know he should this is a title you should play, um, and then being pressured that you know once he had started that he he should play it and in one go and get through it in a you know in a rushed experience. And then you know it, it's it's one of those. It's a difficult scenario, and I think it was easier at that point just to to leave it to one side. And certainly, the pressure then built around you know Alice's strong opinion on the title. It was definitely one that I just like. Well, you know, I just I'll be better off just waiting for this HD release. And the question I actually want to put to you guys is: it's still on topic. Is that, I mean, how do you? How do we judge a game where the, and the HD releases are clearly something that, that's going to happen more and more? Devil May Cry just just gone announced that it's it's going to be yes. having one. I mean, so I'm I'm solely going to judge this game on my experience, and my experience really comes from this HD release where they fixed the frame rate issues. By um, the sounds of it, I mean I hear mm-hmm. that's a major problem with the the PS2 version, and some of the you know the clarity issues of how to climb said colossi um, have been cleared up. I'm so I'm going to judge the game clearly on my experience with this HD release. But, I mean, there's there's a lot of issues that can be left on the table. Well, you know, that wasn't the case when other people have reviewed the title in the past. So where do we stand on that?
0: I don't think that, uh, you know, it was never, even though it was a revered game, Shadow of the Colossus was known for having overstretched the hardware that it was on. Um, people were not ever in denial about the fact that it had some issues, but, I think it was more the case that the the overall feeling from it and and the impressive nature of the colossi and the and the story and and so on. The core stays the same. So this uh, this HD version is it really does show off how good the game could have looked in in which I, th- I think is kind of what the the makers were saying uh, in that you know when they actually made it you know this is more like it looked in their heads and on on the storyboards mm. and. I think um, this is a really good advert for doing these HD uh, updates. But yeah. it is one where, yeah, the, the original hardware was struggling. Perhaps it's perhaps it's less important when when that wasn't the case. But apart from some, this still has some fairly unsightly texture pop. Um, other than that, it's fairly beautiful. I mean, you you are perhaps exposed to the fact that the ground textures repeat. Very very much too often, and particularly the elements the the wildlife elements don't look very good the the lizards and turtles and things like that, but everything else looks pretty magnificent, and the colossi themselves um if there'd never been an s d version of it and i'd only ever played this, I would still think they were fucking cool mm. the majority of them you know they they're just great designs that that bizarre sort of you know you, uh, I keep going to want want to call them sort of biomechanoid, but they they're not really. There's no mechanism as such. It's 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 bio and stone. It's like yeah, you know, they're they're made out of they're, they're yeah. It's like I don't know. You you get the sense. You know that there's um there's something not entirely organic about them, but they also as well as being they seemingly flesh, they also have grass on them and mm-hmm. um
3: they look they look like they've actually been carved out of the environment yes. they're in. Like some like, I suppose, like the ancient tribe that you meet, like later on in the game, had gone there and sculpted these things out of the earth and the grass us, and the yeah. stones they found out around them, and then brought life to them by adding the piece of spirit, a uh, piece of dormant spirit mm. into them and granting them life.
2: Just so we don't we I you know I don't get to talk about the the environment because I mean it's something that everyone has touched on. I I just want to echo everyone's um appreciation of it. It's it's amazing how they've managed to get the feeling of this this isolation. Um you know, it's just it's you and a horse and you know you're doing this this you know, act essentially for love. But in the environment kind of fuels the emotion of the character you're playing so it you know for one, okay, it, it feels like a, a realistic place so it's got cliffs and hills and valleys and waterfalls that you know clearly have been here for many many uh, years and nobody has really you know ventured mm-hmm. into these parts because it's a mystical land um, and it, it just sells it so well but somehow the, the environment itself almost like it, it's it has a part of your soul like each one of those colossi you know clearly you, you're breaking it down to to make a a bigger soul that we learn later in the story. But it's almost like that is your soul in itself. You need to defeat the environment that it, what it throws out you. Um, and you know, you go to certain darker parts of the area and like mysterious, like, you know, that. well, I call it the crab, but it wasn't, it was a, it was a turtle, wasn't it? Uh, Josh, you said, no, it's a turtle. Um, yeah, yeah. weird like thing, but, um, yeah, I I, I think it sells it so well. And this is like, I was saying with, um, uh, um, eco, um, it, Somehow, I feel like we've lost the ability to sell environments just as, as easy as what these two games do. You think do. That's it a, just sets so, it up. Do you think that's a visual
1: thing, though? Because the, the I found the one thing that really struck home with, with me, even the first time around with this it's the audio. It's the just because it has the wind, well, yeah. it has a great soundtrack. I mean, uh, as anybody who's uh, who's just listened to the soundtrack can attest to, uh, Kowatani's score is fantastic. Mm. But it's, it, it's not used as often as you think it is in the game. And a lot of it is just basically the howling of the wind. And yeah. that's, that to me seemed to be the thing that really made me feel isolated. And, and, and like the sense of desolation in this place was just the sound. Mm. There's that no sound. Oh, yeah. Exactly what I was saying about Eco. He, you know, he's obviously. But I think it's used to greater effect in, in Shadow, maybe because it's out in a big open space and all
0: yeah i guess i mean that's that i guess that's a personal response i mm. I, I i like it whipping around the the t- the turrets and and stone in in eco a bit more but i do like in in shadow the fact that uh you know it does the the ambient sound does vary the, the, mm. i was i've been surprised this week is the first time as i say i've played beyond the fourth colossus and i was surprised how big the the game world is i wasn't it, i mean it, it I suppose mm. it sh- bloody should be because it's full of uh, sixteen <laughs> giant monsters. <Yeah. laughs> but it's surprising that even once you've fought everyone in the game, uh, there's still areas that you won't necessarily have been to.
1: Mm.
0: So, uh, for instance, on the, the there's a trophy on this HD re-release for having visited every save temple. Well, you won't necessarily have done that if you've just simply fought all the colossi. There's yeah. there's a lot of this world to explore.
2: I mean, how, how did people find guiding around this world? Because the, the, there's no map to speak of. It's you hold your sword, sword up, and the light shines towards your next destination. It, it's very, it's quite abstract. And, and on occasions, I found myself a little frustrated, as um, I was going out to you know, I'll be like, all right, do I need to take a left or right turn? And the, the light would just point pointing directly down yeah, the middle. And and yeah. Sometimes have to... you're in
0: areas where there's not even any sunshine, so you lose that ability. I think yeah, generally like, by uh... the end, I was. Uh, I was using the right well it's not going to be that way because i've already fought one over there, so, <laughs> so I did the it's, same yeah, thing yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't need to go back to the, the the big lake up the hill because yeah
2: but I mean, like we were saying with um eco it, it's is that a sense of you know you're an intelligent gamer, you work it out like it, I don't necessarily need i i, I like the fact that there was no map it was just basically you know you go find it it it's over there somewhere, and when you eventually did find it and you had this small cutscene it coming out, you're like, whoa. Jesus. Yeah, it was, here I it was I am.
0: always gratifying to find. And you know, there are clues in the environment that you're you're heading somewhere of interest. There's a there's there's normally something beyond just, you know, what you're seeing everywhere else. There's normally a few little extra ruins or what well, I did, um, and I actually, I wanted to talk a bit about this anyway. There's uh, there's actually a sort of RPG element to Shadow of the Colossus uh, or at least character development which is not explained in the least anywhere. Um, at at all. all. And I only know about it because the game, I, I did hear something about it at the time, um, mm-hmm. but then I listened to uh, a, a podcast a few years ago where they were talking about exclusively about Shadow of the Colossus. And they were saying, you know, have you been collecting the lizard tails? Have you been collecting the fruit? I was like, oh, lizard tails and fruit? Um, I don't remember the bit in the tutorial where it says, uh, you know, find the shining lizards and even more confusing you know there are there are lizards all over this world but only some of them only the shiny ones have the have the tail that you need which microscopically increases your grip bar now because i was forearmed with this information and knowing that i had certain issues with the controls i thought well what i'm going to do is to familiarize myself and immerse myself with the map and and the atmosphere and the world i'm going to Go and find a, a load of fruit and lizard tails before I even pretty much start fighting the colossi. I actually I took a couple of them on, and, and then I found a couple when I was out hunting for fruit and lizard tails, uh, and and fought those. Then uh, I think you get some extra health and grip just through progressing through the game. Um, you otherwise, do. you w- you simply you wouldn't have enough to to tackle the have enough grip otherwise to tackle the later. Colossi but um I actually found this really helped my experience overall and apart from a few exceptional moments um made the 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 Colossi less maddening because simply you can grip on for longer my biggest issue with the game I'm going to say it here and now <clears throat> is there are a lot of long periods in this game of non gameplay it suggests that you're playing a game but you're not holding R1 is not a game Lying on the floor unable to move is not a game. And unfortunately, the lying on the floor bit only is only relevant in a couple of the Colossi. You only get fully knocked over by by a few of them. And mostly it's quite avoidable. And it was okay apart from the uh the bit, there was a bit on the final Colossi where, through very little thought of my own, I was put in a place where I could not get up without being shot again and staggered across the map until I died. I mean, just unforgivable. But my main problem with the game is the lengthy animations where you're clinging to a Colossus and you can't do anything. You cannot do anything other than hold R1. That is not fun. See, I, I think we have a...
2: Yeah, completely different uh, view yeah, on this. Okay. I mean, look, Josh. I mean, let's put this out there. This is Josh's admitted favorite game of yeah, all absolutely. time. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna let you speak, but I have a completely different um, feeling about what how the game represents okay. that. So go, Josh.
3: Um, I I I personally like that mechanic, the gripping mechanic uh, of holding R1. Because for me, it adds a tactile feel mm-hmm. to the game. Because it feels like I'm actually gripping onto this massive thing and climbing up. In most modern games, all that would happen is you jump on and you'd auto grip, and all you'd be doing is um, moving the analog stick up to the direct um, up where you need to be. Which I understand is probably less frustrating and more economical, but. Um, I, I like that feeling of I'm actually gripping on as hard as I can. I'm not explaining myself quite
0: right. It's not the fact that you have to hold R1. That, that is not a problem. It's the okay. fact that there are lengthy periods while the colossi are going through their shake animation. This doesn't apply to every colossus because some of them you kill different ways. Um, it's okay. It's the long lengthy sections increasingly lengthy as the game goes on because obviously they you know they are meant to be tougher they they're trying harder to shake you off where you have no option but to do you it's not like you can make adjustments you can't swing your sword the most maddening thing to me is waiting the sort of 15 seconds of shake animation to find the gap in the animation so you can stab it again in its weak spot and then it just does a little extra
3: shake at the end and you you it's so annoying it's not fun mm for me that's i think the patient being patient and waiting for the right moment is part of the game that i personally enjoy it's um it's about picking your timing very carefully and when you get a fully charged you know sword strike in there you feel right yes i really did something Mm. impactful and then waiting for that next moment do you
2: go for a small jab or do you go for a full whack
1: but going back to the ps2 version i didn't Necess- I didn't. I think I knew about the lizard tails at the time, but I found them so frustrating to go after that I just stopped. And basically, all I would rely on was my was killing the colossus to increase my life bar and, and stamina bar. And I think, uh, and it amazes, it amazes me that I actually bothered to finish the game at that by just that standard. Mm. This time, I've gone through and I have collected. I mean, uh, literally half the screen is my life bar. And I've got this huge circle of stamina now. So I did, although there was early on, there was a couple of moments where Kai can attest to that. I was shouting at the TV. Oh, stop bloody shaking. Will you? Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: But later on, it was like, you can shake all you want, mate. I ain't get letting go and I'm going to nail you for it. (laughs) Strangely,
2: what you're saying to me is actually counterintuitive to what the game is doing. Now, I understand, the, you know, the, the reaction of gamers like, mm. well, it's just holding on. I even understand, like, well, you know, I don't want to. It, it is maddening when you lose grip and you fall to yeah. the ground, and you have to work yourself back up. But I'm a gamer that loves solving those puzzles. When when I come up to, I mean, I I come up to each Colossus, you shine your light, mm. you work out where its weak spots are. inevitably you need to get to the head, which is your normal first point of call. Now, I didn't collect. Any lizard tails, and I actually didn't collect any mm. apples. I didn't, I didn't, um, I died a couple of times, but I don't really feel like I needed any more health. Now, when it came to the grip, I actually, listening to see you getting all that bar, I can see why then at that point it's just a case of. Well I just need to sit here and wait for this to happen. What I was doing I only had a proportion of, of grip meter. Mm. I'd work my way up the colossus, it would shake mm. and at that point it'd shake, it, it, it shake it it shake. when it shakes itself. Yeah. You lose a proportion of that yeah. grip bar. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Now there was always a risk reward. Now I know that I uh, that grip bar there I've got maybe about 30 seconds worth more of grip and gameplay. So I'd climb up to the top. Then it made that step that much more important before I had to back away, get back a little bit down his back, regain my health or regain my grip, my stamina and move again forward. So instead of just sitting there holding a bar, you can actually shift if you hold it, R one, and you're in the wrong position. Quite often, if you're straight on top of the, the marker, then you're in trouble because it, it hates that at that point. Mm. You can actually move yourself a bit left, a bit right, and yeah, get a better yeah. swing. Yeah. And the risk reward between do I go for the you know, the five second button press and you know if you hit it right, you take away a quarter of its life bar. It doesn't matter how big a colossus, what colossus it is, that's quarter of its life bar gone. If I go for these little stabs, it takes minute bits and isn't actually pretty much not. I can't worth doing. deny that it's
0: massively so- satisfying when you do manage to play. Of and I realise that is as a uh, in relation to all the hanging on you've done. But yeah, I still over. But it's, it's
2: a ride. That that's that's what I'm trying to get right. across.
0: It, it's it's
2: the ride. It's the experience. Mm. It's like going on a roller coaster. You, it's well, the roller coaster you hope you're not going to fall off. But in in this case, it's the risk reward nature of how far do I push myself before I'm in trouble. Now I understand some people clearly get frustrated with that. You know. We we've seen it, um, but for me, you know, I I found that that was the best part of the game. It was getting on those colossus, the managing of when to strike, when not to strike, when to let go, when to move up further, when to back away. Um, and it, you know, I was thinking at the time, well, I wonder if my my grip was this much bigger. Whether I'd just be stand, standing here going. Yeah, as and when. Come on, just stop your animation. Yeah, you yeah, end. you do. I'm not saying that you played it wrong. <laughs> I, I, I no, that seriously, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that. But it is an interesting take. It'd be interesting if you were having the same, maybe the same experience what me and Josh mm. has had. But well,
0: yeah, I was actually, I was trying to avoid that experience, and and the fact that I did play it through, and, and I have to say, despite those reservations that were 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 greater at the start, and I have to say they resurfaced on the final Colossus, which I thought was shite. Um, colossi sort of four through 15 i pretty much loved it i it was Mm. the first time i really really enjoyed the game um and i didn't until uh the penultimate point on the uh the final colossus when i skyped josh earlier today to say what the fuck am i doing wrong because i couldn't get on onto his head um i didn't realize that you could stabilize his hand by stabbing it which makes no sense. I'd solved every Colossus on my own up to that point and I'm bloody I'm on, yeah. bloody glad I did. And some yeah. of them are just amazing. You know, I mean they're not you know, it's not like they're incredibly cerebrally challenging puzzles, but you have to spend a little time just to work out the, your your tactic for each level and there's there's quite a lot of variety as well amongst mm. amongst them. You know, it's sixteen
3: boss levels effectively.
2: There's a couple of tricky ones. Which one was it, Josh, that you were saying I should be wary <laughs> of?
3: Oh god, eleven. The uh, the first tiny one. Ah, oh, um, I I was I, Guardian. I, yeah. I found that quite, I worked that out quite quickly, but it wasn't. Random. It wasn't. I knew how to do it. It was just accomplishing it. With, uh, accomplishing it. Um, because like, there's another little one later on, but because you spend most of your time on like buildings and stuff, and not in direct contact with the uh, second little one. Um, uh, th- this aspect where it keeps like headbutting you and you lie on the floor for six seconds and then you get up slightly and it headbutts <sighs> you again yes. and then you lie on the floor for As six seconds. As I say, the
0: cardinal gameplay sin, uh, stag- stagger loops are just fucking evil and should never be allowed in any game. And And mm. it is just... It, you know those are the points where you are swearing at the developers at your screen you know going why the fuck did you not get rid of this in play testing and actually the the weird thing is that i found uh, for some reason i don't know if i just lucked it but the flame guardian uh solosia i i am reading here um when when he knocked me it didn't seem to take me as long to get up as it did from uh, the other uh, the other one the uh, whichever one the arm the armored one that you had to get up on the towers cuz you could definitely get in a loop with that one where you had to hope that it would keep hit it headbutting you until you fell back into a trench you know so you could get away from it absolutely mm. absurd and just really again non gameplay being hit over and over again without having any control that's not a game Fortunately,
2: I, I don't think I got... I, I, I found the first one not that bad. It was, it was the one on the towers I found a little bit more tricky, m- mainly because that's a long-ass puzzle. I mean, normally you can do them pretty quickly, but that one... Bloody I mean, handy, climb each towers tower takes, fall
0: in just the right way, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah. Well, yeah, gameplay mechanics <laughs> and all that. But um, it's... Obviously, this is a, a, a beloved game, and I think, you know, when you bring up certain issues, people do get quite... Stressed out and like no, you can't say that because of all the things it does right. But I will tell you about my first experience, and, and I was talking to, to Leon about this, you know, earlier in the week. I I even tweeted this. The camera, I, th- I just can't get my head around the camera, and and I understand why why it, the the way it acts. It is because ultimately this is a PlayStation Two game. You could argue that cameras had fixed themselves by PlayStation Two, but the game is so. It's reaching so far to try something different. Like the colossi, I mean, yes, we've seen um, God of War, but it, it seems to it feel was a lot more, you know, in context of what's going on the screen. Um, and, there's, you know, you can't really move around the environment that much. Um, where this, these huge colossi are, are clearly taxing um, the system to its very limits. But then the camera itself just doesn't know what to do, where to focus, where to bring its focus to. Um, and quite often as a player, you're trying to climb somewhere and it's thinking, what's the best point and then puts it in the worst point. Um, and I was at a desperate, horrible time. I'd actually say trying to figure this out. I was on to Josh saying, look, you know, you're like, change the buttons. I'm like, I shouldn't have to change the buttons. And then I don't know who tweeted me, but somebody tweeted to me that just that, that said simple. You know, here's a simple thing you need to do. Leave the camera alone. Because I was too busy trying to like move it into place, what mm. I wanted to do, and he was correct. The moment that I went with the game and just said, "Look, tra- you know, transfer the way you want me to see stuff, the way you is the way I'm going to view it," um, I had a lot easier time. Just leave it, just put it to one side. You can't move it. Um, you know, it's just press L one. That will focus <laughs> onto the close eye, and use that to get onto the beast. And at that point, the camera seems to sort I itself pretty out. It's not the trying exact to opposite
0: to that. But what I did was really? I for some reason both um you know th- th- in the the pause menu it has the options to um invert as you would expect horizontal and vertical controls but it also has the op- option to invert the camera controls and i had to do that for this game for some reason in my head they were the wrong way around so i inverted both of them and i switched off the uh the auto correct and basically Micro managed my own camera from that point on for the rest of the game, and and I didn't have too many problems with it. There are a couple of moments, but the camera compared to the uh, shaking of the Colossus was not an issue.
2: Here, here's the truth: this is not a perfect game. It, it gets lauded as one of the the best games, but it's not. If you if you start to break it down, the camera you know should be so much better. I love the horse control, but I can see why it's maddening to people because it's rein control and not just directional control. But I
0: like and that. Once, once Josh pointed out, and this is worth telling people, um, the one of the problems is with the horse. Like, I didn't have a problem with the steering; I, I, I got to grips with that straight away. But it was the fact that if you go near things, uh, aggro just stops and rears up. Stops. That's really infuriating. But if you just don't, if you stop steering through tight areas, uh, she pretty much steers herself just hold down the x button and like on on those narrow paths between areas with cliffs either side instead of having to sort of tweak her through those you just hold down the x button and she glides through much better but again nothing's explained so well
2: uh, and the maddening sensation of pressing triangle to get on your horse (laughs) only to jump up the side of the horse and dry hump it for 20 minutes as you're trying to just mount the thing and you're like this should be so much. Small things like this should All be sorted. All those it's, little it's, quirks, yeah. Just, I mean, just a different button mm. press. I mean, there's plenty of unused buttons. Just press that. amount. The only reason I bring it up um, is purely because I was utterly sold on this on this universe, mm. this world. Um, and every time, you know, I was trying to get on my horse. It was just like, just, just get on the horse. It's not hard. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of broke that that immersion. But what I will say, because I feel like you know, I've been a bit harsh harshness. I. I adore this game. I, I, I came to it expecting to be quite mixed. My first experience, you know, first 20 minutes, hour with it, was, was pretty rough. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, everything I've heard about the, you know, the naysayers on this title were true. Um, and the moment I kind of just went, look, it, it's got its problems. Now just enjoy it. Um was the moment that it, it got under my skin. And you know, I've heard people say, you shouldn't play this in one day. I pretty much played this in one day. I, I had three Colossus remaining um, purely because, and I could have done it that night, but I went. No, I'm gonna, I'm mm. gonna savor it, um, and and loved it. I just couldn't stop. Um, and the the experience of riding these things, is like being on a you know what's a, a broken back horse, one of those things where you just it, the acceleration and and the my favorite one was the the flying desert one, um, Coloss- yes. yeah. Well, the oh. desert one and the, and the one in the, the the lake, I guess, lakey area.
0: Mine was the mine. Mine was the desert where you have to actually. Charge, charge at at the sides of it with, on on aggro, and then jump mm. from the horse onto the onto the uh, fins. That that looks amazing. But think about the games that you
2: haven't done that in. Yeah. Like all these weird experiences in this game. So, I mean, yes, the God of War Colossus eyes are big and stuff, but you interact with these things so much more, and I love that. And I love the ability to get on your horse and turn around with the arrow and fire it into that snake's eye to make it burrow mm. underground again. And it just felt so great playing it. Um, and all these little issues, I could feel nibbling away at me saying, no, you shouldn't because of the technical point of view. But I just put them to one side and, and I felt like suddenly I was turning into Josh, like, this is brilliant, this is amazing. And I can feel like maybe if you've done it one or two times, you don't even look at those things anymore. Yeah, you just, absolutely. you know, you, you view the environment. Now, to to sum it up for me, it's like I, I enjoy puzzle solving, um, environmental puzzle solving. I'm, I'm not always so keen on stuff like... um. Monkey Island or, or bits like that, where you know it sometimes it makes no logic. Um, but I love environmental puzzle solving. Um, I was one of the people that got to Mirror's Edge section up that big shaft where you have to work your way up and jump from side to side and you know do all these awkward things. My favourite part of the game, and most people hate that because they like ah oh, when you fall down it's frustrating. But to me it's like when you fall down you've learnt that you don't hmm. go that way anymore. Um, and I had the same experience with the closer, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed my experience climbing up every single one of them, um, even though. Like you say, when you get into stuck in loops, it, it's not particularly fun. But it, it for what it does, it happens so rarely. Yeah, I've got to so say, with, with my, my caveats,
0: uh, I did thoroughly enjoy most of the game. Um, I do have some issues with certain elements, as mentioned, and I do think that the the last colossus is hugely disappointing in every sense. It look it's a bit it looks boring, rubbish. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like as good. It barely moves. Um, massive anticlimax, um, <laughs> made up for somewhat by the ending, which we'll talk about in a minute.
2: So so Joe I mean why is this your favorite game of all time
3: To be fair I mean I was quite young at the time when I played this <laughs> game I was 15 so I was at that impressionable age um and I was still I was still playing the games that would inform my taste as I grew up um and this game all whenever I think back about the kind of games that really are really attractive to, uh, to me, like Limbo, for example, which was my game of the year in 2010. I think back to Shadow of the Colossus and how different it was and how, honestly, I have, apart from Ico, there hasn't really been anything else like it since.
0: So, Jay, knowing you, mm-hmm. uh, one of the more important aspects of this is the story. And actually, I came away from the end sequence uh, just this afternoon fascinated more than i had been up to that point <laughs> uh, yeah. so um right the start of the game let's very quickly recap the start of the game uh wanda turns up with mono she's dead uh, he effectively makes a deal with dormin who we don't know much about other than is an entity if he slays 16 monsters uh he'll do something to uh bring mono back to life you assume but the price you pay will be heavy. So after about twelve Colossi, you first get your look at these uh, these other people who are arriving. Is that right, uh, Lord Eamon, uh, uh, who's mm. some kind of shaman? He wears a mask and uh, and he's got some swordsmen with him and stuff. And they're desperately heading towards the uh, the, the the shrine, the temple, presumably in pursuit of you. Then. Um, at, at the end, once you've slain the, uh, the final Colossus, which doesn't... Uh, I was almost at, at one point expecting that Colossus 16 might be Dormin himself or something like hmm. that. It's not that. It's just another great big Colossus, apparently known by the name of um, Malus, the Grand Gygus. Um, you reappear back in the, the shrine, the temple, where, where the, the Lord Eamon and the others have arrived. Um, but you've sprouted little... Little horn stumps and you you look in a bit of a state in fact it 's worth saying isn't it that you you deteriorate with yeah. each colossus you kill, you become more pale more more wan more more black streaks in your hair and and so on and so forth so um jay story man and 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 josh because obviously you're
1: you're a fan of this game, what the fuck's going on this is the thing isn't it it's, it's similar in eco that it it doesn't explain any backstory it doesn't give you any motivation or or, or, or fills in the black, basically just the player themselves will have to sort of make up their own idea of what this all represents. But it, it, it throws a kind of curveball doesn't it in, in with the gameplay right at the end where mm. you yourself become a colossus um, Yeah, so
0: they they kill you they they yeah. they try to execute you wonder that is and mm-hmm. uh, at this point you've after every colossus you've killed you've been surrounded by uh, the number of uh, black spirits that um you have it, there's obviously there's obviously yeah. a relationship between each colossus and another black figure appearing um and then yeah then so uh he gets killed but he pulls the sword out wonder and uh and then kind of takes the form of dormin the 16 figures kind of come together but then he becomes a it's revealed isn't it that dormin was a uh, a one one entity albeit one with two voices it is effectively a collection of demons it's like it's like the the idea of the devil being legion isn't it it's it's like a a whole bunch of demons crea- in into one entity but then Wonder as well becomes part of
1: yeah, but this Dormin. is this is this is where maybe everybody has a slightly different take on it because I never thought of the Colossi or Dormin as the villain. I felt that Lord Eamon and those guys are the villains they in could the story. Be, yeah, because you every time you kill a Colossus, it's not a happy event. It's not a. It's a there's no big fanfare. Except it's for actually the last one. <laughs> well, but there's this you know the music itself is quite melancholy and it's quite Famously sad. So, yeah. yeah. And, and so you, you don't actually think all that, whilst you're playing the game, there's this sort of ongoing thing of like, are you actually doing a good thing? Well,
2: you know you're not doing the right thing. I, I, I think the game makes it pretty clear what you're doing is you're sacrificing something of great you know, greatness, um, for essentially bringing back a life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, you know, you know, and you can even see it in in his expression. What he is doing is entirely wrong and he knows he's being tricked, but the love of their love Mm. is so strong that he must do anything. You know, what would you do if you had the chance to save, um, you know, the person you love? It's, it's, I think it's pretty clear cut. And every time it, it gets further down the line with the black, um, entities that stand over your body, um, Clearly, you know that um, you know the Colossi are, are nothing but vessels for these these beasts, and that's what the that's what the game says at me. The end. Mm. Um, I did a little bit of kind of reading up on, on what the actual story means, and they're basically saying that he. You know, there's some other fiction where you. Um, oh, it's, it's Harry Potter. It's like a Horcrux. Um, you you basically you're you putting a part of his soul, sixteen pieces of his soul, away in these colossi for safekeeping. Hence, that nobody will surely take down these sixteen colossi and, and make that one whole again, um, which is what you do, uh, and you get tricked into that. So,
1: you know, well, do I, you I, get I, like I mean, you I say you get tricked into it, but this is this is the thing. Uh, is he a villain? Because some of the Colossus will attack, well, not many of them that will attack you. A lot of them, you have to provoke them in order for them to attack you.
2: I don't think he's a villain. I think he's just a, a guy in love. It's, no, no, no. I
1: mean, not wonder. but Dormin, although if you become Dormin at the end, mm. you don't actually, you can stamp and smash. Uh, I tried. Yeah, but you can't. You can't <laughs> kill them
0: all, I assume,
1: because no, but, uh,
0: the, the, the
1: end sequence happens regardless yeah. of what you do, doesn't it? But that's entirely up to the player to whether they do react in that way. It's not something you're required to do.
2: I mean, Josh, you might know more on this, but the way I saw it is that, you know, you were some very, very evil demon that they managed to lock away. Um, And, you know, through circumstances, you know, this has happened. I mean, that may be wrong, but I mean, that's what, Brings to the fascination again.
3: I'm, I'm not so sure Dorman is evil um, I think the people um, of this universe, Ico included, are extremely superstitious mm. I mean Dorman when he's resurrected doesn't suddenly proclaim I'm going to destroy the world and kill everyone's family <laughs> he's, sure. just, he's just angry um, that he's been imprisoned for that long and then he's taking out his anger on the people who imprisoned him i mean the, the i'm assuming well, i'm a, i'm assuming a lot with these games but there's 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 clearly a connection between ico and shadow of the colossus and the people at the beginning of ico imprisoned this kid Simply because he has horns, and I can't help but feel that um, Lord Eamon and his followers imprisoned this demon simply because they consider him to be evil. And maybe he was just a peaceful spirit.
1: See now, well, that, that's interesting because at the beginning of Eco, and this is this is going back to the, the the start and the connection between it, the character or the the guys who imprison Eco. I wondered. If there's not a deliberate sort of reason why they're not just because these kids are different, because in fact what they're doing is, is supplying the queen with the power or, or, or the minions, if you will, um, to to uh, you know to satisfy yeah, her, yeah. And, and it's kind whatever of whatever she oh, may do. But the, yeah. the point is they almost feel like they're working for the queen. In what they're doing. Well, Once you do, you you become the, the
0: doorman figure, which takes a couple mm. of minutes to work out actually how you control him as well. Again, nothing's explained. You can kind of turn around like a big heavy tank. Just yeah. so slow. You realize yeah. you can smash things. Um, I smashed some people. Uh, as I say, I assume because the end sequence is locked in, you can't change mm. the ending. I assume also, you're, it, weirdly, your your health bar reappears at this point, and there, and the and the, the little guys are firing arrows at you and stuff, and it's actually chipping or doing chip damage of mm. you. Presumably, you can't be killed at this point. I don't know. Has anyone has anyone tried it? it? Um, but it seems odd that your your health bar actually appears. But whatever happens, I think at this point, a few of the people escape, including Lord Eamon. Um, he they, they go up the top of the stairs, he does something with the sacred sword, chucks it into the pool of water that you see right at the start at the bottom, and uh and that starts to suck you in uh as dorming and you become you shrink and shrink and shrink until you're pretty much just wander wonder sized again. Um you can hold on for as long as you want, depending on your grip meter, you can get a trophy for holding on for a minute. Yeah. I've I gonna, did, yeah. Uh Resist, I yeah, think it's called, cool, yeah. something like that. Um, and then you get sucked in, and and then Mono wakes up, and Agro turns up after disappearing before the final Colossus uh, falling. Apparently, falls apparently to her doom, but uh, but she turns up with a bad limp. Of course, a lame horse in that situation would be shot anyway. But we'll gloss over that. Uh, and there you are, a little horned baby. Uh which uh, very nicely animated baby, even for for p s two. um obviously I was looking at the HD version, maybe it looks that much better. Uh, and so in a sli- in a slightly strange twist, Dormin has been sucked into a uh, some kind of vorpal portal and um and become a baby. What the hell does anyone make of that?
3: I think it's the beginning of the race of people that appear in ICO, the horned people. Yeah, yeah I, and that's I was, what and, I and assume, anyway.
0: That seems to be the most common assumption that that is the first of so. the horned children that uh, that these people see as being evil, because obviously they've decided that Dormin's evil, and and therefore the baby, for some reason, has come from that, and and therefore is also evil. Uh, but some I've heard some even speculate that that is eco too obvious too easy
3: just to say i i don't think it
1: is no i don't think it is either I, I, because obviously there have been other horn children in in eco by the time many many you, yes yeah and I, I feel that eco is actually set like hundreds of years later because yeah. it's quite industrialized on on some of that stuff you know there's me, there's mechanisms metal trolleys and wheels yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. stuff so you feel like it's it, it's not in the same it's definitely not in the same era, if you will. It's it's like it's a beautiful link. Mm. It, you know, it I, know
2: it, it I just love the fact that these two games exist within the same world, uh, and that's the only point that you suddenly you know work this out. I mean, it's it's great. I love it when uh, you know completely separate games mm. actually you know collide together like that.
0: She picks up the baby instead of going, "Oh my god, what the hell is this freak horned baby?" It <laughs> looks a little bit like that guy I used to know, but. Um, she picks it up, walks out with it, and takes it to a sort of a Snow White and a Seven Dwarf style dell with a Bambi in it, and that's where we leave
1: them. What, what's going on there? Any theories? I have no idea. But <laughs> okay. the thing is, on both, on both playthroughs on this game, I've tried to get to that garden, because I think if your stamina bar is high enough and you, have, you can climb up the side of the castle... Oh, I have tried this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can, you can get up there. There is actually a trophy for getting up there during the there course is, of the game. There is, I that, yeah. I, and I knew about this from the first time, and I have tried. I mean, it turns <laughs> out, obviously, nowadays, we've got the internet, which is far more accessible, and, and it was, it's far easy to find information. You have to play through two or three times to get everything maxed up. In order to be able to make it. Mm. So I'm like, okay, fine. That's what I have to do this time. Because I, I sure as hell want to get up there. I want to
3: have a look around.
0: Uh, Josh, what, what do you make of, of the very end? You mean in terms of like
3: the Snow White, uh, very magical ending?
0: Um, yeah, what's she doing? Why has why she, she just accepted this horn baby and taken it off into the woods? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's very ambiguous, isn't it? What's going on? Um,
3: well, my interpretation. Is I mean when Lord Eamon leaves, he I think he says something. I'm paraphrasing, but he says mm. something along the lines of, "I hope you can make a life for yourself in this like yeah. horrible landscape." And I get the imp- I get the impression that it's implying that she's going to start like maybe. I know it's impossible for two people to start an entire civilization, <laughs> but the idea of like a, 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 like a civilization almost growing from that moment, and maybe it might be suggesting that ICO takes place entirely within that f- forbidden landscape and that mm. entire culture mm. built up from that moment.
2: That's what's great about it. I, I, it is a bit fairy tale land, but. Um... I, I don't know I, I quite i like the charm and nature of that you know you, i think it would make less sense if it wasn't clearly a, a hint back towards eco do yeah. um if it was just a child you'll be going huh but the fact that it has horns to me sells whatever comes after that you're like dude it's the horned thing from so that's yeah mm. I, it, it says something to me what i've what i've also I mean, I pushed for time but um I think a lot of the products have to be thrown. towards Sony for both for both these titles. Um, uh, Eco itself was quite a risky project, I would imagine, um, back when you know the game industry was trying to beef itself up to be this you know multi billion dollar industry, um, and it wasn't of a failure. I, I believe it's it went on to sell about seven hundred thousand copies, which you know reasonable, um, and then given the time for Shadow of the Colossus, which yeah, by the sounds of it, has done. Actually, reasonably well. It's very hard to find stats, but certainly did more than a million. Um, but seems to have hugely long production times. And, and the same case with um, the, yeah. the forthcoming title, which seems to be given a lot of breathing space, um, even though it, it's not going to be something that would, is going to go on. The, so, do you know, modern warfare levels and numbers? It's it's going to be, yeah, you know, I, th- I think a, a niche title. It's going to do, obviously, a, a number of a couple of million, I would say. But, you know, they're obviously allowing him to have room to breathe and, and develop what he wants to do, um, which is rare.
0: Um, I think it goes without saying that we would all recommend this uh, double pack to any PlayStation 3 owner. Absolutely, yeah. What I will
2: say about this pack, um, they're two old games, but they're, they're two games that, strangely have made me fall in love with gaming a little bit again mm. um i remember you know some of the aspects i loved about um eco and coming new to uh colossus they they have kind of reinvigorated me again that you know we can try different things with this industry um you know be a slightly more abstract about our stories um be a little bit brave about our game design. And sometimes, even if it's at the cost of controls um, because you're pushing the hardware so far, I mean, sometimes that is annoying, but it, it certainly brought me back again to like, actually, now I'm desperate now to see why we haven't maybe progressed with a few more of these ideas because it's been 10 years since... Uh, Eco's release and there's only a, maybe a handful of games that have have gone the same route and you know we clearly love them they're clearly beloved by people they've had this HD release which is you know, by attempts done very well so you know why doesn't it permeate a bit more through the industry as a whole um, and that's only
0: something I think we can look a bit further for in the future and, and hopefully it does happen well said indeed now uh, we've got more shows like this coming up um some more recent games. We've got uh, Gears of War 3 coming up, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Shadows of the Damned, and more. And we would like to hear your voice on the show, remember. Your questions and comments via Skype or an MP3. Uh, you need to add the contact first on Skype, I believe. Uh Just send, uh, send a contact request to Kane and Rince Jay will accept that and then you can leave us a message and uh, we really would like some of those so go for it you can follow us on Twitter at Kanan uh, you can email us for whatever reason KaneandRince at gmail.com you can like our Facebook page Facebook slash Kane and we are part of the character select network and you can join in with a discussion about this podcast feedback and uh, also the games themselves that we've been talking about at character select net slash forum Finally, of course, iTunes subscriptions, reviews and ratings are all very welcome. So it just leaves me, Leon Cox, to thank Tony Atkins, Josh Garrity and our producer and editor, Jay Taylor, for joining us on this one. And we'll see you next time.